Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtics fans can be here, Lakers fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic, here's Welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh with Denver Stiffs. No Gordon Gross this week, but that's all right, because I did, in fact, have a special guest on, and that was Mr. Daniel Lewis from Denver Stiffs. The one the one struggle of uh, uh, having a not-so-regular co-host with me was that a uh, little... little struggles maybe with some of the audio and and the recording but we did we did get the vast majority of the pod with Dan in and uh recorded well just unfortunately the very beginning we missed so you guys missed out on a little uh a little construction banter uh if you don't know Dan and I both in our regular lives are uh in the construction industry so you missed a little bit of that but Let's be honest, you're here for the basketball, which we got all of that. So uh, without further ado, here is myself and Daniel Lewis with this week's Pickaxe podcast. The, the Nuggets went out on to that five-game road trip. Last time we were on the podcast, they were just leaving the, the just back off back-to-back wins in Phoenix. Uh, won two more games before losing the, the final game against the Spurs. Then came home uh, on Sunday here today and beat the Utah Jazz. Ended the Utah Jazz's 11-game winning streak behind Nikola Jokic in 47 points. Now they uh it's crazy it's crazy how quick it, it turns around for Denver. They have a game tonight against the uh against the Detroit Pistons the return of Jeremy Grant and then they're right back out on the road for two more games in California. So that is that is the bulk of our show. It's like, you know, to do a, a look back and a look forward show. We've got uh we've got almost no time uh, to get through everything with how fast paced it is for the Nuggets. So let's get right into it, Dan. Let's start all the way back on the road trip. The Nuggets get the win against Luka Doncic. Go out to Miami and get that win. Uh, Miami was pretty, uh, pretty injured. It really wasn't. At the end, you know, had some guys thinking health and safety protocols. So there wasn't really a, a true like representation of a team that was in the finals last season like you would expect. Uh, and then they came back and they they lose the game to San Antonio. So I guess give me give me the highlights. Let's start on the positives first of of the road trip. What did you what was different? How would how were they able to get onto a roll, uh, particularly when they were out on the road? Um, I think it was really encouraging to see how they played against the Phoenix Suns on a road back to back. Um, you know that they lost to the Suns earlier in the season, and uh, I I think they. I mean, we don't know the second half of their schedule, but they shouldn't play the Suns again uh, the rest of the season. But being able to win that season series, you you could tell that those games meant a lot to them. Um, taking the first one to overtime 
and you know the second one to double overtime to get a win. Um, I think those were really right. big wins, and it helped kind of set the tone for the rest of the road trip. Where they're thinking like, hey, you know, hey, we started off with back-to-back wins. Let's beat the Mavericks. They're a little shorthanded, but you know, still dangerous with Doncic. And then, you know, like you said, take, taking care of business against the Heat, who are really um, short due to COVID um, protocols and everything. And then losing to the Spurs, that you know, that's kind of just like a toss away game, end of a road trip against a team that who just got healthy, just got a got bunch of guys back from COVID um, absences and. But San Antonio kind of took it to us, but um, then coming home as well, and just kind of that same theme of being like, hey, we got to take care of business and win these games to help our overall season outlook and, and really, you know, beating the pants off the of Jazz tonight, the last night. Right. Yeah, there was a, I think that's a good way to put it. There was a very like business like way to to the road trip, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's somewhat because of you know I mean I mean these guys are basically uh, anytime they're out traveling they're just kind of going from like a little little bubbles to bubbles right like they can't they can't leave their hotels they can't like do anything other than just go straight from the hotel you know to the arena and back you know and then they get on a plane and then they go to another hotel and it's like it's all probably just very. Um, methodical in a way and they they went about uh their business in, in a very methodical way as well the the other big positive i think of course with with the road trip was michael porter jr and getting him back uh into the rhythm he always had the big game against dallas where he had the 30 point the 30 point outing and kind of carried uh the nuggets to the victory there um do you think that is, is he with, with let me ask you this with, with what we saw today in Gary Harris, or I guess what would be yesterday with Gary Harris going down with the, the adductor strain. Um, is, is that going to be an opportunity? Do you think for Michael Porter jr. To get into the starting lineup? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think the starting lineup um, and just you know, run a two point guard lineup. Coaching staff has shown that they're willing to put guards into the rotation um, with giving Taku Composo more run and um, Will Barton, Morris, and Murray um, with Harris out and Dozier out. I mean, they guards, but they still have plenty of guards that they can cycle through in their eight, nine man rotation. Um, it's a little early to be going to an eight man rotation in the season, but. Um, I would be surprised to stick him, see him stick with just like a nine-man rotation, keep bringing Porter Jr. off the bench until he can uh, limit those turnovers that makes that make Coach Malone so mad. Right. Well, the, not only the turnovers too, the uh, I mean, we saw it definitely. I think in the game against Utah, there the, the defensive lapses, and saw it in the, in the game against San Antonio. I think that was maybe probably the big difference. You know, really the difference is no no surprise that it, the game they lost was the game that Michael Porter Jr. Uh, really saw the fewest minutes, uh, got the fewest shots, and and probably did. I mean, just didn't. There, there was a reason for that. Like he uh, he struggled in that game, particularly on the defensive end, uh, and he struggled in the game against Utah, particularly on the defensive end, uh, which is why I think he only saw about twenty minutes. And 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 that's that's a huge frustration, as we know, for coach. And 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 it's somewhat justified. I mean, it, because when like when Utah makes that run in in the third quarter. 
a lot of that was possessions where Michael Porter Jr. just messed up on defense. Like there were there were times where he flat out just forgot about his guy, you know. And I think it was probably I think it was Niang maybe or no because he didn't hit a three. It was um, I'm not sure, but he I, there was one. I mean, it was Royce O'Neal. It was definitely it was probably Royce O'Neal for sure because he was four or four from three. Uh, there were he just completely forgot about his man in, in the corner and, and it was a wide open three uh, and you can see him like turn to the bench and, and yell in frustration. So, you know, like he coach was probably uh, telling him what he thought of his defense there. And, and right after that, I think he's probably when he came out of the game. So uh, it, it's, it's that, that's kind of like just a roller coaster ride, I guess that you get with him is, is you're going to have to, uh, again, you're going to, I mean, you're going to have to kind of figure your, figure your way out. I think, with with these defensive lapses and until he can at least limit them a little bit more I don't have any problem with him coming off the bench I also really like uh him off the bench in terms of just being a scoring boost uh for that those guys uh even when Gary Harris was still healthy and so now with Gary out you know I don't know that that maybe it's a a bad idea to still have him sort of be uh the the wing player for for that bench unit and just kind of let Will Barton, uh, Monty Morrison, and, and Jamal or Jamal Murray take over the starting lineup. Like at, at least that's what I think they're going to do. Is probably just bring Monty Morrison and then uh, still bring bring Porter off the bench. Probably give Facundo Campazzo uh, some more minutes as well. That would be that would be. It seems like the the Malone's trust factor, I guess, progression uh, for me. Yeah, Malone, what do you think? Malone definitely, Malone definitely trusts Composo despite him only having played a handful of games in the NBA. Um, but I, I agree, you know, with with Porter's role, you, you have to try to make things simple for him on offense and on defense. I, I think the coaches are, you know, you can look at other players on the team and they may not be able to, they might not be in the right position or they might get blown by. But there's a huge difference in. You know, and, and having somebody else do that to you, or, or you're, you know, or having somebody else get open against you on the perimeter, um, and then there's not just not even knowing where you're supposed to be. You know, this look of like, oh no, like I had no idea I was supposed to be doing this, and you know, right. someone like Will Barton or Gary Harris, um, e- even Composo to a, a degree, like they they may be out of position, they may not make a good closeout or something, they make it torched in the post or something, but it's not that they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They they just may not have been up to the task, but Porter has the physical tools to be up to the task, just no mental awareness. So I think you know, trying to keep things simple for him and letting him get his footing against bench units, the Nuggets can afford to keep him out of the starting lineup, you know, with Jokic playing as well he is, with Murray looking a little bit better the last couple games, even though he's just continues to get banged up. Um, and I, I think they also know, hey, we can kind of stagger minutes with Jermichael Green and, and the rest of the starters and get some of that extra scoring out of out of the power forward position. You know, and, and they can keep Porter Jr. in the game for a few minutes as well with, you know, bringing back, you know, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, and Jokic and, have a lot of scoring firepower, but just say, hey, you know, you're at the end of your run. Once once you start showing signs of slipping, we're going to pull you back for Will Barton. So I, I think they'll be able to figure it out. And um, they can 
give it a test run against the Pistons. That should be a game that they should be able to win. Um, see how they're going to be able to prepare for the Lakers. Right. Yeah. That's um. Uh. Those. Those are going to be both. Uh, well, the, the the Pistons will be a good. T- we'll, we'll get into the Pistons here uh, after the break. I wanted to. I wanted to get a couple more topics on the. Uh, I guess on this Jazz game. I'll tell you what, before. So let's just. Uh, let's just. We'll, I guess we'll put a pin. Uh, in that, because I do have a lot of thoughts on Detroit, but I don't. Know, I don't want to spoil them. Um, let me ask you this then. So the Nuggets on this victory over Utah, of course, it's. I mean, it's pretty much the Nikola Jokic show uh, with forty-seven points, and he still he ended up with twelve rebounds and, and what five assists. So um, his certainly his best game scoring uh, tied his career high, best game scoring of the season, and, and probably his best game shooting threes. I'd say probably maybe even in, in his career, which is funny because he only hit four of them, but they were all. All there in that first quarter, and he pretty much, uh, pretty much he got whatever he wanted. He had twenty two points in that first quarter. Where are you at on the discussion of of Nikola Jokic as as like an MVP candidate, uh, and, and the likelihood that he would actually win that award? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's going to win MVP. I think it's definitely uh, LeBron James to lose this year. But uh, yeah, I, you know, just the way things are kind of going, but. I, I definitely think um, if he keeps it up, he's at least going to make an, an interesting discussion for first team All NBA because Joel Embiid's playing, you know, out of his mind too. So right. th- those guys are two guys that are, you know, true centers. They're not going to be able to qualify as like a power forward for first team All NBA. So um, that'll be an interesting you know, kind of competition for those two guys the rest of the season. I, I definitely think that if the Nuggets continue on their current pace, you know, and stay several games, you know, start adding more games above 500 to their resume, that um, Jokic will have a really strong case, but um, I don't think the Nuggets are going to be a, a top two or three team in in the West, and uh, the 76ers will, so Embiid will probably be higher up on the MVP ladder than Jokic there, even though um, Jokic may be impacting the game more, especially in being more valuable to the Nuggets. But um, I, I think right now you have to put Jokic third behind LeBron James and Joel Embiid. Yeah, I sort of feel, feel kind of that's certainly going to be, at least it's uh, going towards that direction of like that's going to be your final three and that's, you know, sort of what it, they always it always comes down to like they're that that's like somewhat of a big deal and then you're right it's gonna be absolutely um, the the all NBA vote is gonna be interesting there at center because of the fact that there's there's no way you could you could pass off either of these guys as a center which is so this year this year uh, I'm sure the Lakers will try and say that Anthony Davis is a power forward uh, <laughs> yeah Anthony. unlike last year he's a center last <laughs> exactly. year power forward this year. <laughs> <clears throat> Exactly, um, but yeah, it, it's harder, I guess, to see it now than it was maybe a week or two ago when he was averaging a triple double and leading the league in assists and still over twenty five points. Like, I mean, he's he's still getting scoring a ton of points uh, and is well onto his way to having like a career high uh, in scoring. But scoring is up 
across the board right now in the NBA in general. So you know, even though he's got about 25 points, he's only like 14th in the league uh, in that. You know, when he, but when he was, like I said, getting that triple double plus a, a center leading the league in assists, it was it was like a really you know a lot of really unique and historic things. Now I mean. <clears throat> I think I think if he gets back up to those type numbers, so basically if he gets, starts getting his assists uh, back up in those the double digit numbers and is back in the lead there, and like you said, the other big thing is I mean they're gonna have to get some wins. They're gonna have to be uh, like a top a top three seed at least, if not a top two seed in the West, to really give him the opportunity to be in that discussion because otherwise you've got LeBron James and, and, and Joel Embiid, like you said, over there in, in the East with the Sixers on their current pace. They're looking like they might end up being the one seed uh, in the East, which the, the one seed in the East has got the won the MVP award two years in a row now. So uh, that's that's certainly a possibility. And and there's just like a, a overwhelming, right? You got to come over the overwhelming bias of like if, if the Lakers are the one seed and LeBron – you know, plays the full year. He's out in LA. Like it's, he's like, we got to get LeBron one more MVP. Like he's never won an MVP in a Lakers jersey yet. So it's, yeah, I could see, uh, I could certainly see that happening. I, you know, uh, as people know, I'm I'm biased here because I got a hundred bucks riding on this. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely wanting Jokic to win the MVP. But the Nuggets, the over the overwhelming thing that has to happen is the Nuggets have to start winning more games. Like if, if they're the one seed. So they end up, end up as a higher seed, and like I said, and Jokic is uh, right around averaging that triple double. Then I think he's going to have a really, uh, really strong case. But if they're if they're behind the Lakers, then then it's going to be tough uh, to get it. I agree with you there. All right, let's tell you what. Let's go ahead. We are going to uh, we'll go ahead and hit the break, and then when we come back, we're going to take uh, take our eyes towards the the upcoming week. Pistons and the Lakers like we've been talking about a little bit, um, as well as the Sacramento Kings. So stick with us and we'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh and Daniel Lewis. We uh, spent the first half of the show going over the road trip, the the injuries to uh, Gary Harris and, and P.J. Dozier, how that's going to affect the starting lineup. We went over the Jokic MVP conversation. Now we are going to look forward towards what is going to be the upcoming week, starting with the game tonight against the Detroit Pistons here home at the the. At Ball Arena, I almost said Pepsi Center, um, but at the Ball Arena, and then <laughs> I know it. Uh, interesting. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm still not, I'm still not sure how I feel about Ball Arena. I haven't settled. Don't, don't disrespect Zach. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, no, and then we're going to uh, – then the Nuggets will be back out onto the road for two games in California. We'll talk a little bit Lakers and maybe a little bit about the Sacramento Kings if we have enough time. But let's start with – well, let's start with I think what is uh, in my eyes so far the – overwhelming like most obvious if you're going to pick a, a favorite for winning any award right now uh this season it's got to be jeremy grant and most improved player out there in detroit though i suppose maybe christian wood might give him uh, a run for his money there in houston as well but what do you what do you, i guess what do you think what do you make of jeremy grant and the detroit pistons dan because i mean grant is he it was kind of everybody was like ah you know i don't know like he said he's going to detroit for a bigger role like is the does that really mean anything? But like he's he's out there, and, and it's not even like like I mean, yeah, he's taking a lot more shots, obviously. But like he's, I mean, he's shooting forty percent from three. Like he's he's being an efficient scorer. It's like he's he looks like a legitimate all star player in my eyes. Uh, I mean, one that is a uh, damning statement on the Eastern Conference, but <laughs> uh, that is true. You know, and I yeah, I mean, it looks like. I think when when the Pistons, you know, roll into Ball Arena tonight, you're going to see Jeremy Grant being a legitimate primary scoring threat uh, for a NBA team. Um, I, I would argue that they're probably one of the five worst teams in the league, if not, you know, like the worst team in the league. But, uh, you know, them and the Kings... Um, so hopefully we don't lose to them. But uh, you know, Grant Grant still struggles with the same some similar kind of things that he did with the Nuggets. You know, he 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 struggles making reads when when he's has the ball in his hands. Um, he he doesn't really have a post game. Um, he, he's not someone that's going to be able to to run pick and roll and you know make make a lot of different reads and passes out of that with the ball in his hands, but. He can score, you know, for a team that's four and twelve. You know, like that doesn't have a very good record. So um, he 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 got what he wanted with a bigger role, and um, that that's great for him. But um, you know, I, if he gets an All Star bid, that's congratulations. But maybe he's just comfortable, you know, being a, a leading guy on a bad team. He he went to Syracuse University after all, so. <laughs> Hey now, hey now. That's, don't forget Nuggets, Nuggets great Tyler Lydon, also uh, Syracuse <laughs> University. How can I forget someone who I have the jersey framed in my house? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's right, Dan, the original Lydon stand. Um, <laughs> Me and whoever the person in the front office was that picked him. <laughs> I know uh, Tyler Lydon. Why not? It's a lovely no. club. <laughs> Um, now you made me lose my train of thought here. Uh, no, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying, like about the Pistons, because they are they're awful. You're absolutely right. Five and fifteen uh, for the record. Four and twelve. That would be the that's the Washington Wizards, oh. or who might who might actually be the worst team in in the NBA. Um, I know there's a couple there's a couple of candidates there, but Detroit certainly one of them at five and fifteen, uh, which is I mean you know like. 
Blake Griffin, another guy who's like, I guess, uh, just content, like being being okay at on a on a bad team, like kind of. I guess he's like Blake Griffin, like Kevin Love. They're both like to me the very very like similar uh, pl- points in their career right now. Um, but yeah, you're right because there's there's just I don't know what to make of this roster. It's it's really weird. They've got a ton of bigs. Uh, and then they got Derrick Rose. So there's, you know, I mean, it depends on, I guess there's some people who still think Derrick Rose is uh, a really good basketball player. I'm not necessarily one of them. Uh, but but overall, I don't, uh, the, the Nuggets should win this game uh, fairly easily. This is a team, even even though the fact that Denver is on the back-to-back, uh, I mean, it, it's a home back-to-back, so it's not like you had to go through the travel. And, and Detroit is just not a team that, uh, wins very many basketball games. I mean, Mason Plumlee is starting at center, so you're gonna have Jokic against Plumlee. That's a matchup you should win. The the again, are I mean, are you any at all ways concerned with Will Barton covering Jeremy Grant? Because Jeremy Grant was kind of their guy to cover a player like Jeremy Grant. Nuggets don't really have a guy to cover someone like that. Uh, it's gonna get Will Barton is probably gonna get the majority of that work. He's probably given up what about like two inches, I think, in that matchup. Uh, I'm not too concerned. It, it. I look at Jeremy Grant kind of like guarding uh, Rudy Gobert. It, it, as long as you can interrupt his straight line drive to the rim, um, you're you're going to be okay. Um, just let him shoot and live with whatever he puts up. Um, just looking over their their team though, man. Wayne Wayne Ellington shooting fifty percent from three. Whew. Scorching, but. Mason Plumley is third on the team in total minutes. So, I mean, <laughs> he went from barely barely being playable on the Nuggets to being the the third highest minutes guy on, on the Pistons. So, you know, you know, maybe Nuggets win this by two points. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think overall there's there's a lot to like uh, in, in the matchups. Just I, and again, like I said, I mean, Jokic is going to play against Plumlee. He uh, he plays against Plumlee uh, pretty much every day for what four years, so uh, or like three years. It, fe- it feels like forever. It was probably I probably longer than what I said it was. Um, the I, I feel like this is going to be another game where uh, he's going to pretty much carry this team to a victory. And then, I mean, there's, if, if the bench is, uh, the Pistons bench is, is like really bad. So uh, there, it's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there, I think, for the Nuggets to uh, get a lot of maybe scoring for some Michael Porter Jr. plays or or even, you know, I mean, I guess we're going to see, we're going to see Composite. We might see RJ Hampton. What do you, do you, do you think, do you think RJ Hampton is a guy that could be a difference maker? Um, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to seeing him get some minutes lately. Um, he definitely has great athletic profile. Um, you can tell that he, you know, hasn't had a ton of experience cause he's, he's super bomb when he's out there on the court, right. but you know, you can, I can, when I'm watching him play, you can tell that he's really trying to, to make the right play. Um, he's trying to keep things pretty simple. Um, he, he can get in trouble when he gets too excited, but um, I, I I think his he's got a pretty high ceiling as a defender, and um, there's a lot of room for him to grow on offense. But he has he has tools. Uh, it'll be interesting watching him play against you know Ellington, who's been in the league for 11 years and knows how to get open and 
you know, it is too bad that we don't get to see uh, Killian Hayes. It would it'd be nice to see R.J. Hampton maybe get a couple minutes against Hayes and get a chance to show, you know, maybe why Hampton should have been a higher pick than, and maybe Hayes not quite as high of a pick. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm curious to see just how many minutes he might get because you can kind of see how he's like that next next guy in the rotation. There's been Malone has kind of used him in a couple of spots lately where maybe he didn't didn't feel like Composo was was playing uh, as well as he'd wanted to, uh, or he was just trying to maybe kind of inject some energy uh, into the lineup. Now with 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 Harris maybe being out for a little while and with with Dozier still out, you know you're you're like you said before, it, it seems it's hard to go with like an eight man rotation for a long period of time, uh, in in the regular season. Like you'll you'll wear guys out pretty quickly that way, uh, and, and especially when you've got guys like you know like Paul Millsap uh, in your lineup, even Jeremy Grant uh, or not Jeremy Grant, uh, Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green. <laughs> Is what I meant to say. Um, you know, guys who you probably don't want to be playing a ton of minutes, so you're going to manage those guys are going to kind of still stay in that uh, 25, 20 to 25 minute range. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have to probably bring in someone off of what what has been there like they're like deep five, which is you know Bull Bull and and RJ Hampton and uh, Zeke Naji and and I guess then and Vladko Chanchar and and. Would be again Marcus Howard, I guess, would be the other one uh, who's obviously not going to play because uh, they got plenty of point guards. But so you're really in my eyes, you're between RJ Hampton and Bull Bull, and lately it's just been RJ Hampton who's been getting uh, the minutes. And so with it being guards that are, you're down right now, I could see him coming in somewhere maybe around like the 15 minutes a game kind of uh, kind of a you no. Know, rotation into the rotation sort of guy that's uh, you, where Composo has maybe been like 10 to 15 minutes a game and Composo is going to probably stay a little bit more like Monty Morris's minutes and Morrison and Barton together those two guys will add to their minutes and get uh make up the the remainder of what, what's going to be lost with with Gary Harris being out uh, but but I don't know if you get you're really relying on RJ Hampton too much. I think the Nuggets, I think you're going to see heavy minutes. You know, Will Barton is going to be at 35 minutes a game. Jamal Murray, if like, if you can keep playing him, which he's probably the guy that you got to be the most concerned about because you got to keep, he's probably going to still be uh, getting 35, 36 minutes a game and he's already pretty banged up. Uh, you can't at, really play him anymore, but who knows? You know, it just might happen with, with your kind of shortaging guards here. Uh, because like you said, Dan, I mean, RJ is still really raw. There's going to be, I can see there's going to be games where coach is probably going to yank him too, because he's going to be like, all right, he's just, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't understand what he's going to do, what, what to do out here on the basketball court. Yeah. Maybe someday the front office will draft a four year senior for Malone. <laughs> well, they did. They drafted Morris. So oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're, you're right. There's your one Maybe they'll dip into that pool again instead of the overwhelming for him just seems to be like these really raw young guys who either had injuries or, you know, in RJ Hampton's case, played overseas. But like Zeke Naji, rookie, Hampton, basically a high schooler, <laughs> MPJ, injured, Bobo, injured, rookie, or, you know, freshman, right. I guess I should say. <laughs> like, other than, you know, Morris, four years, four years senior. One of the best point guards in Iowa State college history, and 
you know, and somebody slotted into the rotation basically once he <laughs> once yeah. he made up onto the team. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. That like, and even I mean, when you think about Tory Craig, was like a older guy, uh, had been uh, played college, then went and go and played pro. I mean, Facundo Campazzo is a rookie, but he's immediately got minutes, even though he's never played in the NBA before because he's twenty nine. Like, you know, if guys who uh, Malone likes guys who handle their business. Uh, and and it, uh, guys with little guys who are older, <laughs> it's, it's not this is not any, any rocket science. Like guys who are older, a little bit more veteran guys are just more likely to do that, and and also just they've played more basketball games. Uh, particularly, yeah, uh, you've, all these other guys that you mentioned. I mean, they they they've been out, and I and I get why the Nuggets do it. I get why Tim Connolly does it because they, the Nuggets aren't drafting like top ten anymore. That you know they don't get the chance to draft guys like uh, Jamal Murray, who which is funny because he was a one and done guy. But um, you know they they they're looking deeper in in the first round or even in the second round. A lot of times you got to just pick guys with high ceilings, uh, and and then hope for the best. And, and, and kind of work through the kinks and give them time to, to develop. And you have the, the luxury to do that in general because uh, you've you've got you've had, you know, such a deep teams in the past. But now, you know, Wancho Malik are gone. Like there's there's less Tory Craig is gone and, and Mason Plumley is gone and, and Jeremy Grant is gone. You've kind of thinned out the back end of your depth and now you you were fine, but now you've got two guards who are injured. Uh, and suddenly, suddenly that that kid who only played like twelve games in New Zealand uh, and left, you know, and was like a junior in high school when he like didn't even play. Instead of playing his senior, that's one of the things I think people don't realize. Like R.J. Hampton did not like play his senior year of high school basketball. Like he played his his senior year of basketball would have been when he was playing in New Zealand. So like, he's really like almost like having like a college freshman, uh, you know. Uh, on on your professional basketball team, and now maybe ask him to play 15 minutes a game while you're, uh, you know, trying to be a uh, basically a top top seed in the in the Western Conference. It's uh, it's it's suddenly the depth is not nearly uh, as deep as you thought it was. But luckily, you've got the Detroit Pistons to start it out, so should be an easier enough win. It gets much harder when you go out on the road and you get then uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Damn, what, what kind of what, – what, what's your plan of attack? How do the Nuggets come up with a win uh, in Los Angeles? Is Anthony Davis still out? <laughs> that's, yeah. A, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. But, um, uh, I mean, that's that's probably – I think if they can get a win is if uh, Anthony Davis doesn't play. But – Let's check real quick. This is this is good for podcasting. High, oh, high nope. quality podcasting. Looks like he's back. Now oh, this is on right. the injury report. So uh, I mean, I don't know. I'd shoot fifteen of nineteen in the first half from three again. That'd help be helpful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right. Um, it, the Lakers, you know, unfortunately they got better after last season. Uh, I, Dennis Schroeder is a, a really good point guard for him. Montrezl Harrell gives him some really good new guy energy off the bench. And uh, who's, did they pick up anybody else? Marcus All. Oh, yeah, Marcus All. I was like, it's not, it's Mark something. I don't want to give Marcus Morris, he plays for the Clippers. Uh, Marcus All, yeah, man, just, a, you know, really coming off the bench or just being, a, you know, their starting center. and Yeah, playing like a Paul Millsap role for, for the Nuggets. Yeah, right? that yeah. But, starting you know, veteran who, like, plays 20 minutes or so a game. Uh, they're 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 just a, a really really good team and um yeah twenty one starts nineteen minutes a game but 
they, you know, they're they're a really really solid team. They're going to be a tough matchup, and you know, Gasol obviously isn't the, the same guy he used to be, but he's still going to be able to play Jokic really tough. And and you know, once Jokic is done playing against Gasol, he gets to go up against Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't think he's going to get matched up on Montrezl Harrell too often. I think um, Frank Vogel is going to really try to avoid that for. For his new for his new player, uh, so he doesn't get cooked again in a game. But that's yeah, it's a tough ask to, to beat the Lakers this use this season. It's gonna be it's gonna be particularly tough if you're down Gary Harris and PJ Dozier as well because uh, there's two wing defenders. Like I mean, obviously those both those guys are underside, but like basically, I mean, after Jeremy Grant, PJ Dozier was probably your your best uh, option that you had last year in the playoffs against. Uh, LeBron James and and if you're down him, uh, you're, I mean you're you're pretty much it's it's gonna be between Will Barton, um, and I guess you might you might see take your chances with probably Jermichael Green, uh, out there in particular if they're if the Lakers are playing small, uh, but but then like you said Dan I mean you got Anthony Davis to throw at the Nuggets at, at center when uh, Marcus Saul's not out there that's that's a big ask for Jokic on on both ends of the court. As well, it's it's a tough matchup, and it's it's not quite as tough, I think, last year, just because you don't have to deal with Dwight Howard, uh, who was such a, a pain in the butt for for them. But there's still it's still just not not a team. I think it's it's funny. It, it almost feels like how the Rockets kind of were a couple years ago, where there's like that just that one team that you're like, yeah, we we just do not match up well against them uh, whatsoever. And I feel like now for the Nuggets. Uh, that team is just the Lakers because they're just like so big and athletic, uh, and and that's not that's not Denver's game. Like Denver's a, a very good uh, ball movement team, uh, and they've got they've got one really big guy down low who just uh, has incredibly soft touch and 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 basketball IQ, and it's it's just different clashing styles, and I think that the the Lakers sort of have have the the, the uh, the style that beats uh, that beats Denver's more often than not, but you never know. I mean, they, the Nuggets have, have certainly been uh, surprised us before. I mean, a lot of people were thinking that Utah was for sure going to win this game uh, yesterday after Donovan Mitchell and, and Derek Favors were both announced that they were going to play, and then you know the Nuggets came out and more or less just kind of blew them out. So uh, we we will we I guess we'll still see what happens. I guess that's why they play the games as you'll say all right real quick before we get out of here dan um the sacramento kings once again not a uh not a team that will be well i guess they could i mean i guess they could still make the playoffs because there's there's basically 10 seeds this this year so they're uh they're still kind of within striking distance of that very last uh 10th seed or so but fading fast uh, they're at eight and eleven on the on the year, but uh, did they beat the Nuggets twice? They definitely beat them once. I I, I worry about the Sacramento Kings team because they the the way they beat Denver early in the season is with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield and Tyrese Halliburton uh, and Harrison Barnes. Like they they beat them from the perimeter with their wing players, uh, and and even though Jokic uh, can pretty much do what he wants down low, there's just too much. There's just been too much firepower outside, and now they don't. They they're they're down probably their best two guard defenders. Uh, it's 
it's concerning. It might be one of those games where you just might have to win 130 to 125 or something like that. I would, uh, I guess I would tell people to uh, bet the over on this one uh, if you're, if you're into that sort of thing. But the, 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 it's a bottom line though. It's a game that you probably need to take care of because you, you're like we said, you don't have a huge, uh, a huge opportunity to win in LA. That's going to be a tough one to win. You're probably, um, going to try and uh, have a hard enough time just getting over Detroit simply with the fact because you're now on a back-to-back and you're going to be then like right after that going out on the road. Uh, there's a lot of things we stacked against you, but this is that like this is one of those games you need to take care of. If you take care of business against Detroit and Sacramento, uh, then then losing to LA uh, really doesn't matter in, in the scope of the entire week. So it's and and just for I guess for the pride because like you don't want to get swept by the Kings on the season. No. That would be. <laughs> no. So I, I just double checked. They are not giving up 120 points per game anymore. It's uh, 119.7. Oh, nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's good. Good for 29th in the league. We're worse than even uh, the Washington Wizards for defensive rating. They defensive rating of 119.1, 30 out of 30. Um, according to basketball reference. So, yeah, just hope that you can score like 130 points and come away with a win. You know what I think? Um, it might be the game to, to let Michael Porter Jr. just shoot it and see what happens. Uh, yeah. take it, give him like 25 shots. <laughs> see if here, he scores, look, here, see if scores look, 60 like points. He, look, man, you, you're, you're getting guarded by Glenn Robinson and Hassan Whiteside protecting the rim. So just beat... Beat your man off the dribble and just shoot all the pull-up jumpers you want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, you know, anytime Harrison Barnes isn't out there, um, you're going to be just fine. That's, that's what they'll put them out put them out there for sure. But, um, all right, I tell you what, we'll go ahead and uh, we will wrap up the show right there. Uh, make sure you guys are following, well, I would say following us on Twitter, but Dan's not on Twitter. So, uh, just follow me at Zach Mikosh, also at Denver Stiffs over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel and to the Denver Stiffs podcast network where you'll get the show nuggets, numbers, chicken nuggets, uh, garbage takes. I was on garbage takes the other day. I had some definite garbage takes. That was like a very fun show to just, uh, Basically, throw out all the hot takes about about the Denver Nuggets you possibly can. Uh, you should try it out, Dan. It's it's certainly right up right up your alley. Uh, I I take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what else? We, oh, and the Denver Stiff Show is is also on that Denver Stiff Podcast Network. So make sure you guys subscribe to that. Uh, and if you would be so kind to leave us a rating, we would certainly appreciate it. Um. All right, everybody, and I guess with that, we will uh, talk to you next week.